Did you just say your whole house is poop time? Is that what you said? <laughs> no, that is okay. not what I said. I mean, you do have a baby, so you do, kinda. and a cat, well, that's multiple true. cats. That's true. The baby, yeah, the baby just does whatever. He just does what he wants to do. But the cats are a little more respectful. That's a bad place to be, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, just prepare to. Uh, It'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch and unbeatable goodness. Welcome Pacers fans, you were listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is... October 16th, 2022, and this is episode 604. Coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana, I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and former season ticket holder. This show, we're ending our preseason tradition with uh, the last one we always do, which is the Pacers team preview. Joining me this show are all three of our analysts, Coast to Coast, like butter toast. First, from the high school home of Jameson Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, undebeatable shout-outs? A couple shout-outs this week. First shout-out to my band, uh, Educators and Son. We played a gig at Porch Fest. Uh, beautiful day in the district. And uh, good crowd, good energy, uh, good time had by all. And shout out to my in-laws who are visiting this weekend and helping uh, nice. celebrate all these wonderful things and hang out with the kiddo and do uh, fun things in the district. So, shout out. It's good to know good things happen in the district, too. The news isn't Thanks. always great coming out of there. <laughs> that is true. I also do want to mention that uh, your uh, band name's still lame, and I offered mm. up recently the uh, Planet of the Grapes, which I thought was pretty solid. It is pretty good. We are playing, um, for anybody in the D.C. area, we're playing a, a benefit concert for the D.C. Abortion Fund at Slash Run on October 28th. And uh, it's a cover band show. So there's multiple bands. Everybody's doing a cover band. And we're doing a Guns N' Roses uh, cover mm. band. So we're oh. playing five songs as Guns N' Roses in costume. Neat. Whoa! And, uh, and our, oh my god, do, do, are you gonna video this? Periscope, oh, there will be video. There will be video, yeah. This is so a big drive something. up for this one. Uh, <laughs> the uh, and our name for that gig is Appetite for Instruction. Which I, pretty good, uh, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Oh, very sound. That, very close. Can you that just make that your permanent name? Program. That's really good. We, we could, I guess, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> that, that would be a good follow up to educators, yeah. Exactly. Appetite yeah. for instruction. I like it. <laughs> From Asheville, North Carolina, he's our in-house bartender, mixes up the drinks and the crappy jingles. John Colson. Follow that, Colson. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's been a beautiful weekend here in Asheville, uh, North Carolina. 
Uh, fall is, is here, but it's still uh, warm during the day. I, um, I want to give a shout out to uh, my amazing roommate, Angela, and her dog, Winnie. Um, I woke up early this morning because I had to work, and uh, she would not stop barking outside, and uh, I had to bring her in. And when I was on my way to my car to go to the uh, go to work, uh, the kids next door, who she was barking at all morning, um, were playing the game Dog Catcher. So I think she inspired a new game from the kids. And so shout out Winnie. <laughs> I'm hoping they were not successful. Yeah. Oh no, Winnie's inside. <laughs> no, they'd have to climb a fence. They're small and. Brittle children, it's fine. <laughs> okay. Great. Get them some also, vitamin C or something. That's like... Also, Winnie is... A little calcium? She could, she could definitely eat a bunch of kids. It'd be fine. <laughs> All right. We a transition. Thanks, Colson. <laughs> it was a shout-out, right? Shout-out to eating small children? Uh, I guess following that line of logic uh, from Boise, Idaho... Which is the birthplace of Isaiah Wright from the Long Island Nets of the G League. Obviously. Mm-hmm. It's our enforcer, John Harper. What is going on, fellas? Uh, shout out to my sister, Jenny, who had a birthday last week. Shout out. Shout and, out. And uh, my nephew, who apparently did his homecoming dance. What, what oh happened? My. How is he? What is happening? I know. No high school for the kids. Mm. Jeez. Craziness. Shout out. Goodness. Shout out, shout fam. Out. And, and I shout out to Kanye, just generally. Speaking of fam. <laughs> generally. Did you just shout out Kanye? I anti-shout no, out Andy Kanye. Shout out. Okay. okay, okay, okay. Because he's so weird. Yeah, I don't know. weird might not be the right word, but uh, anyway. Find he's the right one the and I'll back you. Certainly yeah. a descriptor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm that really fine with this podcast being anti-Kanye. I'm okay with that. Like I don't, I don't think oh, we have yeah. to be that being controversial. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, his his name's not going anywhere. It's it's going to be across your little screens for a while. Uh, before we get into the show, I'd just like to remind you, you can support us, the longest running Pacers podcast, by heading over to Patreon.com/slash/Undebeatables. And you can support our show with money for as little as a dollar per month. We also do like moral support, you know, sending out your tweets and your, uh, you know, your your letters, uh, the, the fan letters. Um, if we had a, a, a P.O. box, you could send them there, and uh, we'd love those. But uh, in the absence of that, head to patreon.com slash undebeatables. All right, so we did the uh, the season preview for the league. We played where that player at a couple weeks ago, and the season's getting ready to start like real soon, like Tuesday uh, for the league. So it's the last preseason show for us. It's a, a deep dive into the Pacers team. Colson, this one is uh, this one is the one that that you know the most about for us. You. You've been doing the nitties, the gritties, and, and you've been uh, I, you've been you've been breathing basketball reference. I've seen it. Well, that's true. I am huffing uh, basketball reference, but uh, <laughs> I, 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 I would like to say that, like uh, you know, we do um, the predictions of all the teams 
uh, for the NBA. And then when we did the uh, Pacers ones, uh, we need to know that that one isn't necessarily solid. The ones we'll put in stone are the 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 um, uh, ones we decide this week, right? So um, if uh, Jason wants to come off that twenty-four or whatever it was, whatever bullshit low number it was, we can talk him out of it. <laughs> yeah, dude, get up to twenty-five like a man. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so what what we've done in the past, uh, what I like to do, I want I just want to go through the players. Normally, I go through uh, the new players, but I was thinking about it this year. Basically, everybody on the team is new. Outside Interesting. Of, outside of Miles Turner and TJ McConnell, nobody has been on the team more than a year. So mm-hmm. uh, Goga's saying, what did I do? Okay, okay, mm-hmm. and Goga. Mm-hmm. Goga's really low on the list. Sorry about Shots that. Shots fired. Oof. Shots fired. He had a nice preseason. He actually won that uh, New York preseason yeah, game for us. Yeah, he um, but anyway, we'll get to him uh, very, very late in the show. Very, if, very if, late if, and with if, very little fanfare. Yeah, Thanks, exactly. Koga. If you're still listening 30 minutes from now, you might hear about Koga. So, um, uh, Our starting lineup, Tyrese Halliburton. We traded for him in the offseason. Or not in the offseason. We traded him in midseason last year uh, for DeMontis Sabonis. I, I did a, a little bit online uh, if you want to go to our website about what his uh, nickname should be. And um, I think I came up with Millennial Falcon. Wait, where is this? Yeah, it's on our website. Go go to our uh, website. <laughs> anyway, I've decided... Man, I wish I had a bookmark for that. When, when I found out that he wasn't a millennial because he's too young for even that... Um, mm. I came up with uh, and we are old. Halliburton reminded me of Burton Ernie, and then Ernie reminded me of uh, Rubber Ducky, and I really like the nickname Ducky. I'm, I'm I I think I'm going to go with Ducky all season. We'll see how it plays out. Um, but he's just he he reminds me of the guy that uh, I've 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 worked with some people like this. They're just super smooth, but their feet are moving really fast underneath the water. And you don't realize how hard they're working to be so smooth. He's a 50, 40, 90 guy. Um, 22 years old, 6'5", 185 pounds. Um, going into his third year. Um, and when he got to the Pacers, he put up 18, four rebounds, and 10 assists. Um, if he does that next year for a full season, that would be... Um, I think leading the league in the NBA. So, um, really excited about this guy. If uh, on your TV screen or your computer screen, he's number zero. He's the smooth sailor. He's the duck he's going to be the, the one water. doing all the cool things. Exactly. <laughs> he's going to be hitting all the shots and making all the uh, passes. The idea it's been said by the front office that um, they want him to be the next Reggie Miller, and I thought that was a little cruel to Reggie Miller because Reggie Miller was a guy who was there for 18 years and is a hall of famer and one of the, you know, uh, top 75 players in NBA history. Uh, but I get the idea. This is a, a guy who's a leader who's going to hit shots. Um, who's, um, going to do all the things that you need him to do. He may not be a super duper duper star, but he's the kind of guy, kind of guy that can lead a ball club. Um, this is why we made this trade. Is anybody else super excited about this guy, or just me? Uh, 
yeah, I'm sort of over the moon excited about this dude. Like, um, yeah, he a, he has a joie, a joie de basketball, which if longtime listeners of the show will know is something that I uh, relish about uh, players on my team. And so I think that's going to be huge. I think that's going to be a, um, a lifesaver in this season. That's going to be a lot of losing is there's still going to be uh, <laughs> joie de basketball going on because Tyrese Halliburton enjoys the game. He enjoys making people better. Um, he loves passing basketball. You mentioned 10 assists a game. If he hits that again, you're right. He's going to be right at the league leader um, category. You know, he's arguably, depending on his numbers, could be in the most improved player conversation. Um, maybe have an outside shot in an all-star game, depending on how the Pacers come out of the gate. But, uh, yeah, I'm not familiar with another player that the franchise has put the moniker of, we want this guy to be the next Reggie Miller, right? I don't even think we did that for Paul George. Yeah, no, they've never said those words because that's hallowed ground, right? Right, exactly. So I think that tells you a lot about what the franchise thinks about him, for sure. And that's not about... You know, we need this guy to score a billion points or anything else. Mostly what it's about is he's a young guy who's willing to work hard and be here for this city for a long time. Like, that's what they mean. Yeah. Like, we want him to be here for 20 years. And he's a guy that you can build around, right? Like, he's going to mesh well with almost anything that you put around. Right. You don't have to fit other people around him. He makes it work. In the same way that Reggie, Reggie had, you had to design a offense for Reggie, but he wasn't taking away by other people's touches or what they, you know what I'm saying? Like on some sure. level, yeah. if Halliburton is the guy that can be your culture and you can put anybody around him and make it work, like that's the same idea. And I mean, Reggie was around for 18 years. Like, you know, we're asking a lot of this guy. It's putting a lot of pressure on him to be the next guy, but you know. If we could sign this guy to a long-term contract and and have him be the face of the franchise for a long time, I think that's what that's what the Pacers want. Well, I don't think we're asking that much from this guy at all. He came into the league, and like normally, what young kids struggle with is shooting, right? Because mm-hmm. they're not used to NBA defense. Well, this guy comes in the league, plays thirty minutes a game. He shoots forty percent from three-point range with an admittedly a little unorthodox shot, but the shots go down. He shot 47% off the floor, was scoring 13 minutes a game. Look, that's the Kings. That's fine. But he came here and he got He got better. better. He got better. A lot better with yeah. not necessarily better people. And, <laughs> you know, they talk about the third-year jump. This guy is very capable of making that. And last year at 17 and a half, you know, almost 10 assists as it was, almost two steals a game. I mean... The right. sky is the limit for this yeah, guy. I didn't mention like, the two steals. If you, yeah. if you want to talk about knocks on his game, I mean, maybe you can talk about the pick and roll. Maybe you can talk about being stronger with the left hand. Maybe a little bit better around the cup. But he does so many things so well. He clearly wants to be a part of this team and this franchise and this city. Uh, the problem, if a problem ensues, it'll be with the Pacers, not with this guy. This guy is the guy you want to put all the chips behind. I, he, he's a baller. It's great. I'm super excited about this kid. So we found the foundation, like the, a guy that is definitely here for the long term. Um, everything else may be in flux 
as we move forward. But this guy, we are going to market him. We are going to try to lock him in forever. This guy is the future for us. This uh, he markets not, himself. This is not like, Paul just George, Just put the guy right? in front of a camera. He's great. Yeah, exactly. The he thing really is, is. He's like, he Wait, just, Did you guys just... listen to the game where, where he was doing the sidelines? Mm-mm. Preseason? Oh, it was fantastic. He had like a whole half in that Rockets game. Like nice. basically the entire second quarter, he was just like doing the sideline call. It was just, mm-hmm. it was just great to like get a sense of the guy. You know That's what I mean? Awesome. It was really fun. Seriously, yeah, is is really fun. He's a good dude. I apologize for what we're just uh, loving on Tyrese Halliburton. That's not a bad thing. Uh, Joey, how do you feel about uh, starting shooting guard Buddy Healed? I mean, Buddy Healed, you know, he's. He's, uh, you know, a name that I had heard for a long time, and it was always, you know, that he, he was um, really sought after in Sacramento, and uh, <laughs> and I know, you know, from what I know about Sacramento is that's where you can get a couple of, you know, you can get some good solid pieces to to, you know, fail at, fail at supporting organizationally. And that means that they can be utilized elsewhere. You know. I, I, I think that's exactly right, Joe. I think can you've nailed that. Um, he, uh, he went to the Pacers <laughs> and seemed revitalized uh, for yeah. his last quarter of the season. Uh, he's known as a, as a great three-point shooter, uh, but he came to the Pacers and scored uh, 18 points, five rebounds, and five assists. We think of him as a chucker, but he's not that. He had some chemistry with Halliburton. He's 29 years old, 6'4", 220, went to Oklahoma. He's entering his seventh year as a, a, a basketball uh, NBA player. Um, nickname on uh, basketball reference is Buddy Love. <laughs> I feel like that's all right. I mean, his name is in the nickname. It's all about the love. Yeah, it's fair. He is all about it's the fair. love. But, uh, I, Joe, I, I, I'm with you. Like, you know, he was sort of maligned out in Sacramento like ah, can he you know can he be a future piece and I don't I don't worry about him being a future piece on this uh, piece on this team I just think he's a pretty solid basketball player he led the league in three-point uh hits not uh not percentage definitely not percentage not percentage mm-hmm. but um he hits a lot of three-pointers and he can spread the floor and uh, that's why he's become uh, wanted by uh, the Lakers and other playoff teams uh, because he spreads the floor. Uh, I think he's a really talented player, and uh, I think he, you know at this point at 29, I think he's a professional basketball player. He's number 24 on your TV screen. Um, expect to see him until the trade deadline, in my mind. Also, he has other names: Buddy Buddy Fresh and Buddy Buckets. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Buddy Buckets, solid stuff. Better. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Buckets. And also, future X Pacer, I think, is a nickname. Or so future, you, you future X, whatever team he's on. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not you, you you agree with my statement that he's not going to be around by the trade deadline? Oh no, he's not going to be around. No way. Seems unlikely. Yeah, like the, everybody, teams that are competing can use a shooter, and he is certainly a shooter. And 
But he's not one-dimensional. Like, I mean, you know, like I said, five assists, five rebounds. Like, you know, the guy's, you know. Which was not novel. terrible at defense. It, it has to be mentioned that that was novel for him after he came to the Pacers. Sure. So, That's fair. But, but I was a little surprised looking at his stats that he shot his worst three-point percentage with us since he got here since his freshman season at 36%. Like, mm. he was doing all that and not shooting the ball particularly well. Right? Yeah. Like, if he can hold on to the one and recapture the other, somebody can really, really use this guy. I really thought he played tough for us. When we got him, everybody was like, oh, he's the throw-in with Halliburton. I really felt like he was a solid basketball player that I was rooting for. Sure. Yeah, my issue with Buddy Heald, as I watched him for whatever it was, 20-ish games last year, 24 games, uh, was... For a guy that is that much of a, a gym rat, purportedly, and that just loves basketball and is all the way around the game, I did the eye test for his ability to affect games in a positive way <laughs> was not there. I feel like for as many things as he brings to the game, he takes away a lot of things. Like his defense, there's just no is, both sides of the ballism about this guy. Exactly. Yeah, his defense right? is, is wanting. For sure, uh, and his it's wanting, offensive... but it's not the worst in the league with some of these gunners. Agreed, well, but you sure. have to understand that with defender. us it was with us it was better than it had been with them, and with us yeah. it wasn't great. Well, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And I just think, yeah, I mean, I, I'm no expert at basketball, so maybe I'm completely wrong. But from a decision-making standpoint, in some cases, you you were left pondering what was going through Buddy Love's head uh, at a, at any given moment. <laughs> This season, the thing that's going to be uh, bugging me is he's going to be taking minutes away from my new favorite pacer, Ben Matherin, and uh, so that's 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 going to be my bug. Uh, well, for, we'll for we'll get to that, that and I and I think that's actually I think that's an interesting conversation that we'll get to. Um, because I will I say I will say this at the outset: part of it, coach is definitely going to make Benny earn his minutes. Oh yeah, no, I think that's, that's going on. I think that's yep. exactly oh, what's he going will. on because. Because I think the future of this franchise is Halliburton and uh, Matherin. I think the coach knows that, but there is something to be said for earning your minutes through a veteran. No and no doubt, I think that all. will be a yeah. part of this. So, I, and I am not in a position to disagree with Rick Carlisle on that point. We've I talked many that. times on the show about creating, you know, competition uh, on the practice court, uh, and this is definitely that case. But mm-hmm. at, well, as it sits. Buddy Heald is our starter. Speaking of lack of competition at a spot, um, and a guy who doesn't have to earn his minutes, small forward Chris Duarte, uh, rookie <laughs> last year, was the starter at small forwarded last year, um, and will continue to be uh, number three on your TV screen. We have decided on, I think the best nickname of anybody we've decided on is 8-Track. Uh, you'll have to go back and listen to some old shows about why that is, but it's solid. Um, he's 25 because he's old, man. <laughs> yeah, he's old. It's a whole and thing. Also CD, CD-ROM. What's older than CD-ROM? It, yeah, it's that simple. He's an A-track. Um, he <laughs> is a super old uh, second-year player. He's 25, um, 6'6", uh, 190. Went to Oregon. He's in his second year. Last year as a rookie, 13 points, four rebounds, and two assists. Um this guy was uh, putting up 20-point games fairly regularly early on in the season. 
he can play some defense. He looks like the real deal. He he's not the ideal size for a small forward in the modern NBA, which we think of as a six eight or six nine two twenty guy. But um, he seems to be a plus defender and an excellent shooter. So, you know, how do we feel about him being the cornerstone or the or the future of our small forward spot? I don't know about a cornerstone. I don't feel like I want to rest the entire foundation of my building on uh, Chris Duarte. But I will say, I think that he is going to have a long NBA career. I think he's just a, one of those solid guys that does things. And he's not going to, um, you know, you, you talked about Halliburton going into the third year and he might make a leap and like really become an all-star, all-NBA kind of guy. I don't think that Duarte has that in his future, but he's going to work at his craft and he's going to continue to get more and more efficient on both ends of the ball and like perfect the things that he needs to be good at and will be a serviceable rotation player in this league for I think a long time. Um, well, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but I, I had a conversation with Harper at, at one point and, and he thought he might be the next Derek McKee. Okay. Yeah. That's, did you, uh, did I you think, read that as a compliment though? Yeah. I think that's not. Far no, off I did. I, 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 no, I, that's, that's why I threw it to you because like, is it a compliment <laughs> or is it not? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think, I think Jason pretty well nailed it there. It, you know, it, he's, he's a really good player, but he's a guy that we took in the draft thinking we were still in sort of maximize our current roster mode. And we took an yeah. older guy when we could have been rebuilding. Like right now, if you offered me Moses Moody for him, I might still take it. Right. Yeah. Which is the guy who went after him to Golden State and Golden State might take that trade too. Like this could be a good trade for mm. both teams. Right. Like, Chris Duarte is a solid player with a good head on his shoulders. He's a good teammate. There's a ton of stuff to like about him. He's absolutely a plus defender in any league in the world. Like, the kid can play. But he's not a starter on every NBA franchise. He's a really, really solid piece on a really good team. Uh, He's got flexibility, versatility, you know, and, and he loves the game. Someday he'll probably be a coach. Like he's just, he's a really good dude. Um, but I agree with Jason. Like, you know, the, the cornerstone moniker may be a little much for him. Well, but On but some no, level, right. if the right if the right trade comes along, he could even be involved in it. Yeah, no, but I mean, I, I think it's sort of the thing. It's like, okay, when you look at your overall talent, like, and this is my problem with the, the whole maybe we'll get into this as we go further along but the the whole rebuilding phase the whole tanking phase like if you don't have guys that are potentially going to be superstars maybe you've got their their trade fodder but like this is the kind of guy that could be a really important piece on a on a good team for a long time and and I think it's a great draft now should he be our starting small forward uh, moving forward oh, he maybe has not. to be well, right now, he has but to. like we have no but, choice. But on a on a good team, maybe not. I'd like him. I'm happy he's here. Yeah, and he's also a little injury prone thus far, right? So you know, again, so looking far. down the line, well, like no, he's just not no, a guy no, that, you that can none of that counts. Everybody had an injury, and I'm doing air quotes yeah, last yeah. year because of tanking. So I'm not. Yeah, really so did. No. Yeah, but Chris Duarte had injuries. Yeah, so did everybody. The, the end of the season, though, was they shut, just shut him down. <laughs> yeah. He could have played more. 
You say so. I do. If we were in the finals, he, he would have played. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joe, Joey, uh, I, I got a, a quiz for you. Mm-hmm. Or maybe mm-hmm. just a Joey question. loves quizzes. Well, if you mm-hmm. were going to name the starting power forward on the Pacers this coming season, of all the guys that are on the roster, who would you name? Let's see here. So, I mean, I know we all know that uh, that Miles Turner can play the four. Yeah. So, I like that choice, but... Barring that, I'd go. I guess I just go with uh, I don't know Isaiah Jackson. Let's go with that. I think that's a really good pick. Yeah, because um, Colson likes about, defense. I, I am Isaiah Jackson all the way. Um, I, I think uh, uh, Jason and I talked uh, this last weekend about how I need to follow a guy to feel good during these these dark days, and I think Isaiah Jackson's <laughs> my guy. So I want him my starting power forward. Um, but that's not what the league, or that's not what the uh, franchise says, Joe. Um, you know, they it's got to be Jalen Smith. Yeah, because they, you know, because he, you know, took a pay cut, and we, you know, liked him, all that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, well, Jaylen actually, Smith, those things also, are legitimate things. <laughs> right. We might have made some promises no, or something. He, we had an opportunity, so we brought him in uh, from Phoenix, um, and. Um, we he had a really nice season with us last season, and uh, we offered him. I, actually, he had thirteen points, eight rebounds, and a block a game um, in limited minutes. Um, we we didn't have the chance to sign him to a big contract. We were restricted to only sign him to five million dollars a year, and uh, he agreed to three years with us. The third being a player option, but. Uh, this guy is going to be around for another couple of years at like $5 million a year. So we offered him the uh, starting power forward spot to make that happen. He's only 22 years old, 6'10", 250 pounds, went to Maryland. Um, he's number 25 on your television screen. I'm a big fan of this guy. I th- think he goes, gets tough rebounds. He can uh, hit three-pointers. Um, I-, I-, I think he is sort of the modern power forward in a way that we've not had on our team yeah it's a little um like he's a poor man's carl anthony towns maybe like can shoot the three um plays okay defense actually probably a better defender than carl anthony towns hmm. um rebounds pretty man. well uh yeah i this guy's good i'm i'm excited to see what he can do in an, an expanded role like getting 30 minutes a night like it, can he uh, can he deal with that workload? Can he, um, you know, grind out, you know, games like that? Uh, he certainly looked good, like you said, in limited minutes last down the stretch. I think last he's season, at least. So. I, I, I'm just gonna throw. I think he's a. I think he's fifteen nine and, you know, block or two and a steal. Like I, I just think fantastic. that's what he's gonna be. Yeah. Yeah. That's my. That's what I'm going with. Which is also. The same thing Miles Turner has done for the last six years, but not nine rebounds. He's only done six, so I don't know. Yeah, I got agree. Great rec specs, you know. That's. I mean, the numbers are good. The numbers were very good last year. Clearly uptick, you know. Now, for the record, he hadn't shot over thirty-three percent from the range before last year. So we'll see if that continues to be the case. If people are actually guarding him out there, I don't know. I. The guy feels like a bit of a tweener, a four or five tweener to me. 
So it'll be interesting to see the interplay between him and presumably Miles Turner at five. Uh, and even more interesting if, uh, you know, one of those guys is no longer on the team. So uh, <laughs> there's some real question marks uh, for me for Jalen. I, I, I do feel like this franchise made some promises about him starting. Uh, I don't know how that looks if he gets outplayed by Isaiah Jackson or if Miles Turner goes, yeah. right? I just, you know, I, I worry about this franchise making promises that they can't keep if yeah, that was part of the part See, of the I, I think here's where I'm at. I think Jalen Smith is the next uh, Dell Davis. I just think he's going to uh, continue to get tougher and uh, be a Billy badass, and he's going to entrench himself at the power forward position. And the Isaiah Jackson conversation is going to be more about the Miles Turner center space because Jalen Smith is going to define this role on our team. I'm very excited about Jalen Smith. I'm all Harper, as a, as, a, as a fellow member of the uh, Enforcer Hall of Fame Club with one Dale Davis, do you see uh, you lost yourself me Dale Davis. Throwing, a, throwing a Hall of Fame yeah. jacket onto Jalen Smith in the future? Dale Davis had a very specific role. Like, if you want to talk Antonio Davis, I mean, maybe, maybe, but Dale <laughs> Davis, no. Has Jalen Smith given the kind of side eye that could melt you in your shoes? <laughs> no, he has not. No. Plus, he's got the glasses on. It'd be hard to even. I'm tell. saying it's yeah. gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna start happening. I think we're gonna start being afraid of the glasses in our sleep. I'm really excited. So he's about gonna. This. So there's gonna be something this this year that's gonna be like an Incredible Hulk type moment or yeah, something. Yeah, well, like that. no, I and feel like he was building like, to it. The in that beast first will season. be awakened inside. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm Close all in his, on Jalen Smith. His, I'm all in. His nickname is Sticks. <laughs> I understand that. I think he's gonna beef up. And it's after the band, which is the weirdest. Which is yeah. the weirdest part. Actually, it's well, it's it's which was named after the reference. river, which would have been scary. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> on J- on basketball reference, it's S T I X, not S T Y X, but mm. S T I X. Mm. That's the least scary way you can spell that word. Sorry, <laughs> bud. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm, leaving, I'm leaving this alone. I, I, look, okay. I want to. I want to go to uh, our starting center, uh, Miles right, Turner, see. who's been on. He's the longest uh, tenured uh, Pacer. He's going into his what is it seventh year? Seventh, that right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year he uh, put up thirteen seven and one assist, but three blocks and a steal. Um, he was injured for most of the season, uh, conveniently, just like everybody else. He's 26, 6'11", 250, uh, number 33 on your TV screen. I spent a lot of time um, and have uh, arguing with uh, your favorite Undebeatables off air about how important and on I think air. That- well, and on air, but, but but mostly off air. But how important Miles Turner is as far as the continuity of the culture, about how he uh, understands and dictates the defense, and um, I think this he's a special kid, and he's not outside of the timeline age range that we think about. You know, like oh, he's too old, uh, but you know, he's only twenty six. I think this kid is uh, important. Uh, for uh, future success, I think if you get abandon all the people that used to be a part of the team and you abandon all the veterans, then you have a bunch of people that don't know how to play basketball. 
And then you've got to do that, and that's Sacramento, right? I mean, that's Sacramento for yeah. the last 16 years. And I don't want to be that. And so I would prefer to hold on to Turner at least through um, <laughs> the trade deadline. Um, it's possible he'll be gone in a week, and this will all be moot. But um, I think he's borderline defensive player of the year every year. He needs to get better at rebounding. Um, my prediction is, along with Jalen Smith's help, um, you know, he's not going to have to compete with Demonis Sabonis, who's getting 13 a game. Um, I think he'll get up to about eight or nine rebounds a game this season. And, uh, you know, that's that's solid. That's all I need. I, I'm, I'm looking for a new and improved Miles Turner. Thoughts? So when you say that you hope we'll keep him through the trade deadline, you mean you want us to lose him for nothing at the end of the year? Is that is that your hope? I, w- I want to keep him. I want to keep him long term, but if, if if I just don't want to trade him next week is my main thing. So so you're hoping that if we trade him, it happens at the trade deadline. Yes, yes. I want to, I want him to get at least three quarters of a season with our team to like help the young guys learn the defense. Okay, I, look, that's totally fair. Here's the thing with Miles Turner. He's a very incomplete player. Sure, he's been a great pacer, and I really like Miles Turner. And if things break right, I would love to have him on our team longer term. But the window of opportunity for that to become a reality is vanishingly small. There's just not a lot of worlds in which that happens. We're in a rebuild and he can't really play both sides of the ball. Like he just ultimately can't. He can't play big. Right, because he can't handle the post. He can't play small because he's unable to guard the perimeter. And he can't rebound. So ultimately, you've got to commit to something that you're really good at. And he doesn't really fit in either for us. He does for somebody, just not us. And so I don't feel like we can maximize Miles Turner. Well, I mean, one of the things that like we, we talked about was he might be great with Sabonis as a weak, uh, uh, you know, weak side shot blocker. But yeah, he weren't. Yeah, that didn't work because he couldn't defend the perimeter, right? Like, I agree with you. But, like, you know, offensively, he doesn't have post moves and he's not big enough. He can't shoot the three more than 33%. So, you know, what is he? And I think that in a world with Jalen Smith, who's going to be my new Dale Davis, um, he can he can do the, you know, uh, pick and roll with Halliburton. He can shoot that 20-footer. And he can still block shots. That's not a pick and roll. That's a pick and pop. I'm sorry, pick and pop. You're right. I apologize. Uh, He also can pick and roll, though. We've seen it. It happens. We just never run plays for that. And so I think think that's part of the lack of imagination with our previous coaches. So I do think there's a world in which this does work, and I'm excited to see it. I mean, so so to your uh, argument... Or in support of your argument, the few times that we saw Miles Turner play in the absence of Demonis Sabonis, he typically had was very effective and had good games scoring. Right, when he's just starting center, yeah, exactly, yeah. So I mean, one could potentially imagine a scenario in which um, now that he is unfettered from everything having to run through Demonis Sabonis, that now Turner opens up his game a bit more, plays more closer to the basket. Because I think the the reality of him being a, a a center that stretches the floor and shoots the three is is not really 
true. I mean, he shoots thirty three percent, like, and which has isn't terrible. It's, a, it's it's it's, not, it's league average. But Absolutely. also, it also isn't improving. It's getting worse. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it is yeah. getting worse. But again, so, I, again, if if Jalen Smith can do that, I mean, because you know, whatever. I don't know. There's something. Yeah, to no, no, no. But what I'm so you could imagine that scenario. But I mean, and, and his ability to quarterback a defense at some level is obviously at a way higher level than anybody else on our roster, right? And so by fathoms, right, right. Yeah, right. And and his ability to pass that on to an Isaiah Jackson and a Jalen Smith and, and those types of guys is, is an invaluable resource. I think um, that being said, the way that this franchise has uh, <laughs> bandied about his name in trade rumors for the past four years, basically, and not come out and put their arm around him and said, you know, now that we traded Sabonis, like this is our guy. Yeah. And in fact, done the exact opposite. Miles, you're said, our guy. Oh, wait, Aiden. Yeah, exactly. And he will be our starter on day one. Oh, no, but we are actively taking trade offers right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's no way that he's going to resign with this franchise. And so, from a purely economic standpoint, and completely dehumanizing things and thinking of basketball players as assets, like, the Pacers have to trade this guy by the trade deadline. Well, but also from a Miles Turner perspective, like this guy can be a really good player on a team. And like, I'm not saying we so give the him guy an opportunity to win. Yeah. A hundred percent. I'm like, not saying we him a solid guy. out the door. What, right? what, exactly. what, what does let's that say him, about our franchise? Him. Or what does that say about our coaching staff that we can't make him a good player on this team? He's a really good player on this team. That's why he's been here for seven years. He's all longest tenure player. He's really good, but he can't win a championship here. That's and true. He, Honestly, there's no team in this league where he's a starting center and they win a championship. I mean, maybe the Golden State Warriors because of their shooting, but, like, let's be honest. Well, the Lakers think he's going to be. The Lakers have Anthony Davis, dude. Right. But Miles Turner will be playing next to him. Yeah, but he's not going to be playing crunch time. Like, And he's certainly not the starting guy. Like, there's nothing revolving around Miles Turner on that no, team. No, no, there's no revolving, right? but I That's think they would rely on his shot blocking and his sh- can his long- succeed, right? Because he, he, he really can't hear. We're in a rebuild. He's, he's a, a little bit older. legitimate basketball player. Absolutely. Exactly. That's the point. So let's put him in a place where he can succeed. He's over the median age of what we're trying to do. Like he's only twenty six. But he's over the median age of what we're trying to do. And like we don't need Miles Turner to teach defense. We have Rick Carlisle. Like I okay, that's a different conversation that we should have. I'm I'm now I'm out on the coaching staff at this point, so we'll just deal with that later. Wow. Okay, so your so your new stance is that Miles Turner can teach defense, but Rick Carlisle can't. Maybe. <laughs> okay, well, we will definitely put a we'll pin in that because that's just half. weird. <laughs> we'll get that in the second half, Joe. But look, I looked. I look. I I love Miles Turner. He's done a great thing for the city in this franchise. He's always been a warrior. He's a good guy, but ultimately, he probably does go at some point this season and. That sucks for part of me, right? But sure. also, I hope that we find a really good place for him, like the Lakers, where he has a legitimate chance to win a championship. Because that'd right. be really or cool at least to see playing for him. meaningful basketball, right? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, if if we did Brogdon the solid of giving him a choice of where to go when we traded him, then we should at least do the same for 
Miles and try to put him in a place. I mean, all things being equal, right? Like if if we had, you know, yeah, trade offers from two different teams that we thought were equivalent, like give him the choice of where to. If go. if Houston throws us eight first round picks, we're gonna have to do what we have to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah. short of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we would. I would love to see him on the maps. I would just. I think that'd be such a great. Fit. That'd be cool. Yeah, go it'd back be great home to Dallas. Yeah. Who knows. All right, yeah. So let's take uh, let's take a few minutes, and uh, we'll come back, and hopefully there's some catharsis uh, over the break, and uh, and, and then, you know anything we don't uh, work out uh, in the second half, we'll we'll uh, expunge it from our bodies. We'll be back in a few. <laughs> expunge. <laughs> <laughs> I think we want to take this time to discuss in detail the the bench. Well, the the bench, uh, based on what we saw in the preseason, I'm going to try to uh, go through this and, and give you a sense of what it's going to look like. Backup point guard, TJ McConnell, uh, he's been on the Pacers team for a couple of years. I think he leads the league in inbounds uh, steals uh, and 96 feet uh, of defense. Uh, he's number nine on her TV screen. He's 30 years old, 6'1", 190 pounds from Arizona. Last year he was eight, uh, three rebounds and five assists and a steal. Uh, I, the, that one steal I don't think speaks to the kind of chaos he creates on the defensive end. Uh, he's a coach's son and he just plays the right way. Um, we have uh, we, we drafted uh, Andrew Niemhard as a point guard who's 22 years old, 6'5", 193 pounds with our 31st pick. Uh, in the preseason, he was eight points, uh, three rounds, and six assists. He looked like a baller. He helped us win that uh, that Knicks game. I think that was the third game we played in the four. I assume McConnell is still our, our, our number one backup of point guard, but there might be a chance that we trade him away. Um, uh, you know, for a team that needs a, a veteran backup point guard, um, I'd like to see McConnell stick around for a long time. But Nemhard seems like a baller. Um, does anybody else have thoughts? Yeah, Nemhard plays ball for sure. No two ways about it. I'm with you. I'd love for TJ McConnell to be our assistant coach in ten years yeah, and yeah. play his entire career it. between now and then. Just like the energy that he brings to the franchise, you know, 
plays basketball the right way off the court as well. The guy yeah. is just super driven. I yeah. I love TJ. He's awesome. Uh, but Nemhard, you know, in spite of like a maybe a little bit of a weird release, is a solid pick and roll player. Uh, he's just got a really good head on his shoulders. Maybe not the most athletic guy in the world. Uh, not a ton of innate defense, but you know. But size looks, for the position, you know, that helps you with defense, you know. <laughs> and, and he'll play good team schemes. Like he looks like a rotational NBA guy. Has been well coached through his college career at, I believe, Gonzaga. Gonzaga, yeah. Yeah. So I, he he knows what it is to win. He knows what it takes to win. He's a solid player. Yeah, no doubt. I like having McConnell on the team too because he's an Arizona guy, just like my guy uh, Ben Matherin. So they can uh, bond. <laughs> they can and, work and well, and that's that. the thing, right? Yeah. Like I feel like McConnell can teach Neemhard and um, uh, Halliburton a lot of things, and also yeah. Matherin, right? Like I mean, they, they, you know, the, he is basically the adult on the team at this point, and um, again, just. He's such Indiana basketball. He's the guy that dives on the floor and gets the you know, um, the knee burns and all that stuff. I, I absolutely love that player. I hope he sticks around for a long time. But I understand that he might be a little bit of a a luxury on a team that's tanking. So your backup shooting guard is a rookie. Double zero, Benedict Matherin. We drafted him. Sixth overall, he's 20 years old, 6'6", 210. And the preseason, preseason, okay, also in Ve- he was the best player in Vegas. He was the best player in, in, in preseason. <laughs> 20 points a game out of Arizona, Benedict Matherin. I, I, I don't want to get too excited, but I'm kind of too excited. I'm gonna get too excited. Okay, this is my, you, somebody you, get too excited. Is he? Is he? Is he rookie of the year? Is he? Is he already wow, a twenty wow, point wow. scorer? Let's, let's, let's like, what's going down. on here? Hold on, slow, slow your jets. No, but, I'm, you said to get too excited. I'm too excited. <laughs> I'm with that one. You picked uh, Isaiah Jackson as your guy to watch, and I am excited to watch him develop as well. But I am super excited about Ben Matherin. I mean, this guy. Yeah, I mean, you you want to talk about T.J. McConnell playing the game the right way. Like, Ben Matherin already has, like, the motor and um, work ethic that it just takes to be successful in the NBA. Like, you can see him working very hard. He's already, like, working the refs and, like, you know, getting super overexcited about plays in the preseason and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I just – everything you read about this kid is impressive and – uh, I'm just excited to see him. Play. Did you see his windmill dunk in the preseason? Yes, oh yes. my goodness! Also, uh, okay, and this is a maybe, maybe a concern for another day. But he's got such a brutal first step, and he also has an amazing sort of euro step in the uh, in the lane. I'm concerned, but both of those are travels. I've watched them, and I think he's traveling all the time. So I, I, if if the coaches uh, or if the refs catch on to that, it might be a problem. Yeah, but not a problem in the preseason for sure. No. For um, sure. If, if I were to have a an early knock on Benny Matherin, who I, I mean, I do think he's going to be on the short list at the end of the season for for Roy. I really do. Paolo Banchero is going to be really good. Jabari Smith has a real chance to make a lot of noise. 
but uh, Chet Holmgren ain't going to play, so he's out. Right. So right. I, I really think mm-hmm. Benny can 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 make a real run at this. Um, he ev- everybody on every team in this league is you know a standard deviation above competitiveness relative to the rest of the world. He seems to be a standard deviation above that. And my comp for him right now is kind of Ron Artest. Look, the kid can play. He's willing yeah. to be physical both in the paint and on defense. Uh, and he works his tail off. He's really good. I think he's going to be a really good teammate. But you do need to be able to, in the right moment, rein in that competitiveness and that emotion that you use yeah. to drive yourself. Uh, you know, if you're getting that heated in a preseason game, what does that look like in the finals? Right? So. Yeah. Um, I, I just I think he's going to be really really great. I think he's in the right place. I think he's with the right guys. I think he's got the right coach. He's going to be a baller. It's going to be fantastic. But that that'd be my one word of caution. Um, you know, just to keep the emotions out of control. He's a pull dog for sure. Um, and that's what you're going to love and hate about him, right? Right, right. Maybe that's why Lance Stevenson's not on the team. Maybe we don't want to um, engage the <laughs> yeah two bulldog yeah. Uh, mentality. I mean, I guess I, I maybe haven't done enough deep reading, but I don't remember this being a problem for him when he was at Arizona, you know? But. He just looks like he wants to murder everyone all the time. Like, it's, yeah. it's great. I love it. He does I love want the to energy, murder everyone all the time. Yeah, it's a lot. In a in a completely hypothetical sense, you know, like on the <laughs> basketball court. And, and, like, and Coach has him playing for minutes. And, I and you know, I trust Rick Carlisle making right. him do – you know, put, right. putting him through the trials that he's going Earn through. That, and I trust sure. that it can bring him out on the other side of better play. Do, do, do we do we believe that um, that Halliburton and Matherin are going to be starting at the end of the season? Zero to double zero? How could that not work? Yeah. <laughs> he, on Basketball Reference, does not have a nickname. Uh, Colson, have you started banting around things? I haven't. I feel like this is the one a guy that's going to be around for a long time. Same thing with uh, Halliburton. Like I was, I, it's you got to work on it. Like you got to feel sure. it out. Um, you got to see him play a little bit. Sure. Um, you know, Eggs Benny. You know, Benedict Arnold. There's some stuff here, but we. I'm not there yet. So sounds good. Um, so backup uh, small forward uh, is going to be kind of a mismatch because we don't have Lance Stevenson, which I'm still mad at the franchise about. We, we traded uh, the Celtics for uh, Aaron uh, Naismith, uh, 23-6-5, Last year for the Celtics, he put up four points and two rebounds, uh, 40% field goal percentage and 27% from the range. Uh, he looks like he's got some skills. He scored a lot of points in the precinct for us. Uh, O'Shea Brissett, who I've thought of as a, as a power forward, might get some uh, small forward minutes at the backup. He's 12 on your TV screen. Of course, the sauce. Um, he's only twenty-four. Right, but before we move on from from Neesmith, it should be mentioned that today is his birthday. So, oh yeah, happy birthday! <laughs> happy birthday! Uh, O'Shea Brissett, uh, only twenty-four years old, uh, six seven two ten. Last year scored nine points for us, five rebounds, a steal, and shot thirty-five uh, percent from the range as uh, the small. Uh, basically at the forward spot, mostly power forward and occasionally center for us last year. Uh, but he is the sauce. I love some O'Shea Bissett. And then um, Terry Taylor, who may be small forward and O'Shea Bissett power forward. I don't know. 
Um, based on the minutes in the preseason, it looks like both these guys are going to see minutes, but Brissett seeing less. Taylor got more of the minutes. Um, he is the birdhouse. There's a reason he got more minutes. Uh, he is just a beast. At 23, he's only 6'5", but he's 230. Last year put up 10, 5, and 1, and a, and a half a steal. Um, I think we all said that he was the thing we didn't know we needed. Um, just a small forward. But like, you know, not a small forward. Like a, like a just a power small forward. It was amazing. I love him. Um, I, I can't center get enough small of him. forward. I can't get enough of him, and and I don't think I don't think uh, Rick Carlisle can either. I think he's taking Brissett's and uh, Naismith's uh, minutes. I just think he's just like screw it, Terry Taylor all the way. Yeah, the guy's a, a, I I yeah. We've said it many times. The more Terry Taylor you can have in your life, the better you're going to be. The, your life just the gets happier better. and individual you're going to be. Like, exactly. Uh, take him down to the birdhouse, Terry. All right. And then uh, backup center slash power forward uh, number twenty three on your on your TV screen uh, is that that was Michael Jordan's number, right? Yep. Come on, what? Isaiah. Come on, what you doing, Isaiah Jackson? So uh, one of the things I'm thinking about for a nickname on this is uh, Bouncy Castle. Like it, <laughs> okay. like it. I like. It. I like he's, that. He's just he's everywhere all at once. Uh, Rick Carlisle said he's. The most versatile defender he's ever coached in his career, and he's coached a lot of people. Uh, this kid's only 20 years old. He's 6'10", uh, only 200 pounds. Last year, as a rookie, he scored eight points, uh, four rebounds, a steal, and a block and a half uh, as a rookie. For me, uh, Jason mentioned earlier, he's the guy I'm going to watch. Jason uh, often talks about, you know, um, when you're trying to watch an NBA game that things seem chaotic. They're actually not. Everything's very important and, and figured out and, and things are all happening for reasons. And sometimes you watch one guy and you can learn sort of um, how, how the offense or the defense is working. And I think I'm going to start watching Isaiah Jackson, but also because I really want him to be my future Backup center power forward for the rest of my life, or just uh, the new center once Miles Turner gets traded away. I don't know. I, I'm a huge Isaiah Jackson fan. I don't. I don't have this stat in front of me, but I believe that he and Miles Turner finished one two in the steals plus blocks per hundred um, <laughs> last year with people who you know had at least five hundred possessions or whatever. Um, he's got good hands, good shot blocking instincts. Isaiah can play. He loves the lob game, which Miles Turner doesn't, which is super fun, you know. Halliburton do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, so that, that that's basically the guys you're going to see. I, 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 I To mention, uh, we did sign uh, Langston Galloway. Uh, he's a guard. Uh, he's 30 years old as an adult in the room. Um, we signed James Johnson, uh, power forward center, uh, from Wake Forest, he's 15 seasons in the league. We signed him as an adult in the room, uh, which I think is good to do with all these young guys. Uh, you got to remember that Goga's still on this team, 20, only 23 years old. <laughs> I feel like you're like four. You like it's a it's a command. Mm-hmm. You got to remember. Well, you, he, I mean, you know, I mean, he's only. We're not going to remind you, but you have to remember your job. Mm-hmm. He's six eleven, two fifty. 
from Georgia, <laughs> not the state. Um, uh, we also traded to the Celtics for uh, Daniel Tice. Uh, he's 30 years old, and he's like on contract for like another two years, so he's going to be around for a while unless we can trade him. And then um, we have two two-way contracts. Uh, Kendall Brown, I think we picked him up in the 48th pick in the second round. Uh, 19 years old, 6'8", 205. Uh, looks like he could be a thing at small forward shooting guard. Uh, and then, the most interesting thing, we just did this recently. We picked up Trevelyan Queen, which is, he doesn't need a nickname. Hell yeah, that's a hell of a name. Trevelyan Traveling Queen? <laughs> Trevelyan Queen. Right? Um, he played in the G League last year, 22-6-4 with three steals a game. He is now our two-way player at backup point guards, shooting guard, um, 6'6", 190. So, um, you know, we're, we're leading into the young talent and, and seeing what works. And then we also brought in a couple super old dudes that are not going to play minutes just to be good in the locker room. So that is your sure. Indiana Pacers going into 2022-23 uh, anybody going to talk me off the ledge, or are you just going to push me off it? Well, I mean, a couple things to look out for here. Like, one, Nesmith, like, we skipped over him a little bit, but when he got drafted in 2020, was projected to be the best shooter out of his draft. And uh, that hasn't come to fruition in limited not, touches. Not happening right so far. In, in limited touches in Boston, but the guy is a pure shooter. So, you know... If we were, you know, for reasons that none of us could possibly imagine if Buddy Heald were no longer with us, we <laughs> might have this guy in our back pocket who could be a microwave score. So I'm just saying, sure. look out for some minutes from Nesmith. The kid can play. Hopefully, oh, he I think can he's going to get minutes this season for sure. Hopefully he can regain that form that he showed in college, which had people really excited about him. Uh, I think that be, could be a big deal. Uh, I'll also say, look, Goga, man, he has had a really excellent, excellent preseason he's i think he dropped three clutch triples in a comeback win yep. uh against the knicks, yeah. against the knicks. I, I mean really and blocked a couple shots down the stretch too had a throw yeah. down a to close it dunk. out yeah yeah <laughs> i mean just... he looked he looked pretty good the guy wants the guy wants to play and we know that there are soft spots in his game but with the right motivation the right coaching I don't know. Goga could be the soft spot in his game is that he stands in the middle of the lane and lets people walk around him. Is the soft spot in his game? It doesn't help. (laughs) (laughs) Just, I'm just, I'm just saying. I watched it the last couple of years. If he can figure that part out, just put your arms out, man. That's that's all I'm saying. (laughs) You're real big. Just foul them as they go by. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah. So you and I, I was I had the pleasure of visiting you in Asheville last week. So you and I had long conversations about your trepidations about this season and how it's, uh, you know, going in a direction that is uh, we as Pacer fans have never had to go in before, right? Where we, the expectation is not even to be competitive for the lower end of the playoffs. In fact, it's the opposite. Probably we're going to try to lose. Is we are going to lose as many games as possible. I'll take the verb try well, out. Well, and, and I'll say because even last season we went in it with like professionals and expected to at least compete for the play in. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you know once we 
traded everybody away, you said, okay, I understand how we're tanking. Well, but, but, but that's exactly the problem. Last season, we went into it hoping to win. We just got yeah. to a point where we realized we were failing miserably. I've just not gone into a season where I'm supposed to expect to win. I'm not. It, it's tough. Where you're supposed to expect to lose, yeah. Yeah, they, um, they, 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 always, they always give me hope. Even if it's, you know, with Jim O'Brien and Danny Granger, I'm like, okay, maybe we can make the playoffs, you know? Like, <laughs> I just have never gone into a season going, the NBA is telling you you're going to be the worst team in the league. Like, I don't feel good about it. Oh, I wish they were telling you that. <laughs> Yeah, and so what I tried to convey to you, and maybe this is a, a lesson or a message to Pacer fans out there that are probably in a similar predicament as you, is, you know, embrace the build. You know, like embrace watching, you know, these young guys grow and learn. Like, I think that's the, the process that you got to hold on to. So, you know, if you, my advice to you, Colson, was to pick, you know, one of your favorite young guys and just like really hone in and try to watch them and and go on the ride with them from game to game and there's going to be setbacks they're going to have horrible games but there's going to be moments if not whole games where you're just like yes that is what i want to see and that's yeah. sort of what you hold on to is those moments and flashes of brilliance at an individual level and hopefully we even see that you know i mean you know my dream is that by March, you know, we're seeing some really good chemistry between Halliburton and, and Matherin, you know, like they're, they're really jibing together on the floor and, you know, maybe as a whole unit, some of these young guys are, are starting to gel a little bit, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be, <laughs> there's definitely going to be a, a lot of nights where we're in the fourth quarter and it's just like, hey, and, and hey, look, that may be true. My fear for this team is we have too much talent. I want to be, I want to be in the Victor Wimbenyaya. I want mm. that. I want to be in the Sweet Stakes. I think these guys are really good. I think that we've already amassed some really good talent, right? And if we're playing Miles Turner out there and Buddy Heald, guys who have been around the league and can, you know, keep you in games, we I, might I, actually I just, accidentally win thirty games. I picked 25. That was over Vegas. And frankly, I would love for us to beat that by going lower. I really like this group of guys that we've already formed. But this can't be the year. And this is a really deep draft. We're probably going to have three first rounders. So we're going to get mm -hmm. talent out of this draft. That's even if we do nothing else, right? So even if we, we've got to... But even if we don't get the top two picks, which is there, there are two apparently... Um, league-changing players, you know, and Scoot and uh, Victor Wabanyama. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, we're not going to get any of those guys. I just, yeah, we just I, never do that shit. I just, just I, I don't think we can be bad enough to get there. But I think that we're going to be a really exciting team with a bunch of young guys who really love playing basketball in a way that we haven't seen since Vic was Vic. Like, right? A joie de yep. basketball that we have not seen. And that okay, I am super I, okay. I would love that. I want to get behind that. My concern is that we are developing. We're we we have too many young guys, especially if we trade away our good players because we want to be worse, and we become a team that doesn't have a culture, uh, that doesn't care about defense, and that it's not 
getting better. Like, I'm worried about okay. becoming the Kings already. Okay. I just am. Well, first of all, don't... That's not... that The Kings part is not going to happen. Don't worry about that. Like, they have situations unique to their organization that, that we, we won't be able to produce. I understand that, but when, when we started this pod, we've always talked about the most important thing, even as frustrating as it has been, is that getting into the playoffs is really good for learning how more, much more difficult it is to play in the, in the playoffs. You need to have young players get the reps, and like that stuff is, you know, when, when I think about the team that I grew up watching, it was a Reggie Miller team that got beat in the playoffs in the first round for four years before things started to happen. And so for me in my head, I want guys getting beat in the playoffs against better teams to figure out how to get better. And now I'm looking at a team that's not going to even do any of that or try for that. So I, I disagree with the formulation that we traded away players to get worse. That is not, it's not what happened. What happened was we're trading away players to get better in the future, right? Yeah, I think that's what it is. And, and so... When you tell me that we don't play defense, I say we we drafted Matherin, you know? We drafted Isaiah Jackson, right? We do care about defense. We absolutely do. And we're showing it through the guys that we're getting. Sure. We just didn't for the last two yep. years, so I need to trust the process is what you're saying? I'm saying yeah, that we not, are rebuilding our team. So if you want to call it a process, call it a process. Do I think it'll take seven years? No. In fact, okay. I think we're too far ahead of the scale. This is my problem. Mm-hmm. I think we have too much talent already. Because if we if we were to be the worst team in the league, we'd have a really good shot at a generational player. But I just I don't think we're going to be bad enough. And that's that's kind of what's going to bite us in the tail. We're going to end up with the sixth, the seventh, or the eighth draft pick. Which look, we'll still have a really good team, but it won't yield a generational talent. Come, that's come on, look, prediction. look, Halliburton's going to come up with a knee injury after the all-star break or whatever and it'll be fine i mean we'll certainly see i mean to, so to put it in perspective this guy when Binyama, you know people are talking about him as the the best prospect since lebron james and we have been on this podcast and have been talking about lebron james being in the finals for what was it probably it was seven nine, of the ten years, years that row. we've been doing this this podcast right like um, and so if you can get a dude like that, that is obviously a franchise changer. That's how, that's how it. Cleveland wins a championship, right? You know, we, we right. talked a but little bit. What if Wabanyama like breaks his knee in the first game of his career I mean, nothing's and he never guaranteed. plays again? Nothing's guaranteed, Colson, but you know, and there are risks that you have to take. And I can't guarantee you that this strategy is going to work, but I think it's worth a shot, right? I think that the circumstances that have been surrounding this team over the past two to three years, maybe even four years, have, have like led us to this path. We've gotten some bad breaks, man. Where it's, yeah, it's been bad break after bad break. It's been horrible, fireable offenses from the front office and, you know, unlucky injuries and, uh, unhappy superstars and unhappy superstars right speaking of bad breaks yeah that was tough (laughs) but i i think it has led us to this path and i think that this is the the best direction forward i mean i i think it's a hard thing you know 
you know, you mentioned the process, right? And so everybody thinks about Philadelphia when you say that term and how brutal it was to watch that team for, I'm looking at it. It was a, it was like a four to five year period where they were just atrocious. The worst team in the league. But, and, and like on purpose atrocious, like really bad. Yeah, I mean, one year they won ten games, which really is bad. historically bad. It's just that we're not going to be that. Over the past five years, they've won basically fifty games every year, and I would say have been in the title conversation for at least the past three, and now well, four if you count this year. And Embiid um, has been in the MVP conversation for three years, right? Exactly. Deservedly and, so. Guys, and so I'm not saying that, you know, this is an end of one. I'm not saying that this is what's going to happen with the Pacers franchise, but it's, it's a thing that can happen. And we're not going to win 10. That's like, okay. Okay. that's not going down. I, I think, I think I, I, that goes to I, Jason. I think you've hit on what I'm so ups- worried about. Right. Which is, you know, I said, what if women body breaks his knee? Like my, my thing is, I'm going to sit around and watch a team be bad for a long time. And Harper, you're saying it's not going to be as bad as I think it's going to be bad. But, and then we draft. I, I was so invested in the draft last year and I had four guys on my list and we got, we didn't get a guy that I wanted. Now, Matherin may be the rookie of the year. He may be the best thing that's ever happened since sliced bread. But I invested in all of this thing to get a top four pick and we didn't do it. Am I going to do that again next year and the year after that? Like, that starts to be emotionally abusive is all I'm saying. Like, well, it like, sounds like I, a bad relationship I, told, I should get out of. If I told Philly fans in year one that they could decide to start rebuilding halfway through the year and maybe have too much talent and three draft, three first-rounders the next year, six months later, I think they'd have been pretty stoked about that. Like, okay. we've already put ourselves in such a better place than that Philly team ever did. And they really screwed up a ton of stuff and look look that's possible for us too we can screw up a lot of stuff but the situation that we found ourselves early last season that we weren't who we thought we were and to pivot this quickly with this much buy-in including from coach to get three probable first rounders next year we are crushing it okay yeah and i mean obviously things can happen but you know philly also is in this position despite the fact that they selected a guy in Embiid who had to sit out the first two seasons of his NBA career. Because and a Markel Fultz who looked right. great. Right. I mean, yeah, who knows? I, I mean, like the, uh, accumulating talent and assets is the way to get back to building a team. Well, I really is, like all of my young talent. Right? I love all these guys. I mean, I, 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 I Terry Taylor and Isaiah Jackson are, are my new, like, um, you know, they're, they're quickly going up on my top 25 list right here. Like I love these guys, but you know, are they teams? Are they players that are going to be on a team that matters? You know I mean? Like what are we developing? You know I mean? This is, it's just a different world that I'm existing in. I don't know. I'll tell you one thing that I'm excited about, like as a guy, like I don't know as much about basketball as Jason or you Colson. Like I just, I don't understand the game as well. So being able to watch these younger guys, learn the game on the court is something that I haven't really experienced as a Pacers fan, right? right. Cause we're always competitive. Right. Like we play these guys in garbage right. time, right? To sure. be able to watch them go through that process on the floor. Like I'm excited about that. Yeah. It's okay. Well, that's got that's what we have to embrace, right? We have to be excited yeah, about exactly. the development 
And we've got to just say, that's hey, right. look, let's watch these guys get better every day. Uh, I think that's a great way to look at it. And I think that the, the group of guys that it's you know going to be focused on is, you know, you can't really find a, a better, you know, core of those, you know, sort of caliber of players, you know. And so I'm excited about that part. You know, it's, you know, I think it's a good fit for, you know, the Indiana culture and – you know, I, I think it's 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 going to be hard to watch. Like we we've seen it, we've seen <laughs> okay. it enough with well, teams. You just that we, pivoted there. You were saying that we've got like one of the best under twenty five well, no, groups in the league, and now you're going to say it's it's uh, at it's times hard to watch. it'll be super fun, but maybe a little hard at times. Well, I mean, look, like, but it'll be <laughs> interesting. It'll be fun to sort of you know to to sell it to you from a, a feelings perspective, Colson, because I know you enjoy those things. I do. I love uh, the feelers. <laughs> well, you're going to get to to experience sort of the highs and lows as these young guys do, right? There will be nights when it all comes together and and you're going to have a giddy Tyrese Halliburton giving the post-game interview about how proud he is of Aaron Neesmith for knocking down a clutch shot and like <laughs> blah, 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 right? And so you're going to get to have that moment and then you're also going to have, there will be games where they played super hard and were very competitive against a good team but ended up losing in the fourth quarter and it'll be slightly heartbreaking and you'll see them go through that and you'll go through that a little bit too but all of those are part of the growth and development right like it's not just developing skills it's developing the ability to win and the the ability to come back from adversity and bad breaks and all of that stuff it's like i don't know joey joey's it it's like watching your kid grow right like some days it's absolutely horrible. Yeah, two <laughs> and steps back. Days, <laughs> and, and, but a lot of the days it's freaking amazing, and you're like, okay, cool, I can see this. Like, it's just about expectation setting from the fans' side. You know, saying here's like the 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 franchise clearly like we're not Sacramento, we're not win now. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, we, but like. You know, these are the things the franchise <laughs> is going to be focusing on. So if we as fans are focusing on those things as well, I think it's going to be a better experience for us. You know, if you get if you get bent out of shape for every, you know, every time that they fall apart in the fourth quarter, like we had in the past when the teams were supposed to be more competitive and they would just, you know, crumble. And those like hurt more because you're just like, man, you guys are... St- we, we we thought we had things better than this. <laughs> we th- yeah, it's like you know we we thought we had built the right you know con- you know team for that, and they still were poor. You yeah, know, but they, Paul they George poorly. was leading that team, so that was the problem. I, I mean, no, he, don't worry, you... he was not doing that. He was not leading the yeah. team. That's right. Don't be afraid. So, but but Joey, like, here's the problem. That's that's the, my best radio. Just being just is that just what we're doing? Radio devastated that. Uh, Paul George lost a, another game. I'm supposed to be yeah, happy about this now. Mm. For, first of all, if you want to watch Paul George lose games, you can do that starting on Tuesday. All right, I'm going to start doing an L.A. Uh, uh, Clippers pod. <laughs> Clippers pod. Be my sidekick. <laughs> or no, no, I'll just have the, I'll just have the Clippers moment, the L.A. Clip show. I don't know. I'll I'll, I'll we'll, we'll uh, spitball this. We'll workshop later. it. We got it. Workshop it. We got um, this. I'll, we'll just have a little. Um, let's make fun of Paul George moment every week. It might make me feel better. We can have like a low lights, you know, segment uh, yeah. every week. Yeah, we'll we'll do the him just passing the ball do out the, of bounds. Do the Paul That's George low light after the set of the week. I like it. 
this might replace the haiku i don't know or i could do a paul george haiku every week maybe i don't know oh i like that very much (laughs) but that means i have to watch clippers games a lot i don't want to do that yeah that's on you all right joe you mentioned basketball was starting soon indeed the nba kicks off on tuesday the pacers kick off their season this week with three dangerously winnable games (laughs) yes uh all at home against uh, Wednesday, uh, 7 p.m. tip-off against the Wizards. <laughs> no, come on. Wizards are terrible. Hosting the San Antonio yeah, Spurs. The and then Saturday, Saturday, in a back-to-back, the Detroit Pistons. Mm, Needed L. Needed L against the Pistons. <laughs> I, I'm guessing 2-1 and one this week. 2-1. Uh, and one. I... Joey, what do you think? I think we're gonna go with the the clean zero and three sweep. What? But there's gonna be it's gonna be Ooh. smiles all around. Nice. I'm gonna do what I can for the team and bet three and zero, mm. knowing that they'll okay. probably spite right. me and go zero and three. So three and zero. All right, I guess I'm landing on one and two. You guys are wrong. This team is good. This team is too good. That's my point. It's I've been three and zero, dog. Uh, although, did you hear the uh, the Lakers? Get up my lawn. Have you heard all the rumors about uh, uh, apparently uh, how Westbrook coming off the bench is not going to be a thing, and they have to trade him now before the season gets going? So potentially, Heald and Turner are back on the table. I mean, I mean, hey, look, I mean, sure, it doesn't matter what happens. The Pacers are making moves. We've got so much salary space; we can afford to take a terrible contract on a good dude and we'll do that trades will happen yeah but if we take the 30 million that we have to spend and put it on westbrook and tell him to stay home that's not really good depends on how many draft picks it's fine (laughs) 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 all right well we will uh, be back next week with uh, the you know sort of normal normal shows. Uh, yeah, two days, two, two, two times a week after uh, two times a yeah. week. Two, uh, two uh, coming up. Two. Uh. Until then, you can find us on the social medias where, and that's John Colson's domain. That's yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm reading all your tweets and your um, you know your inst- your IGs. That's what the kids. Why call are you spying it. on me, bro? Your TikToks. All we have to do is, uh, well, so in the way he Your does it, we, we print them all. We we print them all out and we we mail them to Colson. Yeah. That's where you hand like a, It's like a ticker tape from like the 1930s stock market. No, <laughs> I, so I was real concerned I wasn't going to be able to do uh, the podcast today because I hadn't handwritten all of the stats that I could have just easily looked up on uh, Basketball Reference. Um, the, if you'll go back and listen to the show, I did nothing but just like read basketball reference, but I read it off a piece of paper. You made it sound so sexy, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Colson, right now, what I want you to do mm-hmm. is uh, go and see if the uh, domain sexybasketballreference.com is available. Mm. <laughs> I like that very I much. I got to talk to you about it. I got a business idea I want to talk to you about after the show. 
We're on Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables. Our website is TheUndebeatables.com. And there's a contact form there you can use to send us a message and send us an email. Shout out at TheUndebeatables.com. And at the website slash store, you can uh, buy us a medium t-shirt. <laughs> For the architect, Tommy Walsh, and our once and always Hall of Fame coach, Bobby Sicklinard, now in the Hall of Fame. Turn out the lights. The party is over. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah. That was it. Was assertive. Is that was alarming. Is how it described. It, it was. Alarming. Wake up, Pacer Nation. Apologies to those of you who fell asleep to this show, which is most of podcast. you. Yeah. Um, wake up, Pacer Nation. It's time to go to the playoffs. Oh wait, no, not yet. Time to start the season. Time to go to the lottery, baby. Time to go to the lottery.